I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. on the final day but it's not to be as we fall agonizingly short of the playoffs on goal difference now it's time to focus on the future welcome to Charlton Live Yes, hello, and for the final time this season, welcome to Charlton Live. My name is Louis Menders. I hope you guys are well. We will be looking back at our season as a whole, unfortunately, because it has come to an end after today's 1-0 victory over the Champions Hole. It's not enough to see us climb into the playoff places with Oxford leapfrogging Portsmouth after their 4-0 win against Burton into the uh, top six. Charlton missing out on goal difference, agonising in the end. I'm sure we'll have plenty of moments where we could have done something slightly different and maybe it would have been a different story. But that's how it's ended for us. We're not in the playoffs, the end of the campaign. And it's sad that it's come about this way, but it has. And we will look back on it. Uh, Joining me to do that, uh, first up, uh, Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing, mate. Obviously, I, uh, I predicted we weren't going to go up. So uh, delighted to see us fall at the final hurdle. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm obviously joking. I'm, I'm gutted like everybody else. But 
you know, positive for the future, as you said. I think there are some good, some positive signs from the last few weeks, which is good. Only man who celebrated each of those Oxford goals more than Carl Robinson, Tom Willing. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us uh, on the phone is uh, is Mark Newby. How are you, Mark? I'm good. I'm good. So surprised Tom didn't say that if we'd kept Johnny Williams, we'd have gone up as champions. I, I do imagine that will come into the section that I've labelled regrets quite soon. But um, yeah, uh, good to hear from you guys as well. So on that, this evening's show, then uh, we will look back at the season as a whole. We will try and decide if it has been a successful season or not. Um, you know where where we could have done things slightly differently. Um, and, and of course, we will look back at today's 1-0 win over Hull. It was a good performance, good win against obviously a team that are the champions and, and congratulations to them. Uh, so we'll look back from that. Of course, we'll hear from Nigel Adkins, the Addicts boss, had a good little chat with him after the game today, talking about the match and of course, looking uh, to the future. And we've got your tweets and emails to come to. And then we call, uh, of course have our traditional end of season montage, a look back at everything that's gone on this year. Um, I think it's easy to forget how far away from being a normal football club we were at the start of this season. We'll have a look back at the campaign uh, as a whole. And we'll start doing that now. Tom, you know, we've we've fallen just short in the end. You know, it's disappointing. We had our chances to do it. It was in our hands and then we sort of threw it away. But, I mean, overall, what was your overall assessment of this season? Yeah, it's funny. When you you said we've got a, a section coming up called Regrets, I think... Overall, my feeling at this stage of the season is it was there for the taking. Um, And I know we had all manner of things off the pitch that are partly maybe fully responsible for the fact that we haven't made the playoffs. And I think at the start of the season, if I'd have been offered where we finished, I, I probably would have taken it. But when you reflect on the season now, I think this was a league that was there to be taken. And if you look at how many little opportunities there were, how many sloppy goals we conceded I think if we'd have even improved our performances by three or four percent we not only would have comfortably made the playoffs we might well have made those top two places and I think given how we started the season certainly off the pitch I think you know that would have obviously been an unbelievable achievement but I think it was there for the taking and so there is an element of regret there that that we didn't take that opportunity but having said all that I don't think we were ready to go up. I said it in my tweet after the game. I don't think we've been good enough at, at too many times this season. And ultimately, we're, we're the seventh best side in the division. And we've got a huge summer ahead. And we've got to look forward. You know, season ticket sales are flying off, off the shelves. Um, Nigel's starting his conversations with players already. We've got an owner who is backing us now. And I think next season could be the start of something very special. So... I'm trying not to be too full of regret and start to look forward. But ultimately, I think, you know, we were just so close, so, so close. Um, but unfortunately, we weren't weren't quite good enough. Mm. Yeah, I mean, considering everything that has happened, you know, this season, Mark, and we we knew about the embargoes and the, the crazy ownership. And, and then obviously Thomas coming in into the, the last few days of the transfer window. But there was the wage cap and, you know, being having to operate under that. Um I don't know, I would never normally ask this question when a Charlton side has finished outside of the top six in League One, but considering everything that's happened, I mean, would you almost go as far to say, is this a successful season? Because it could have been a lot worse. Oh, it's totally a successful season. I mean, people are going to think, oh, hold on, but you didn't win anything, you didn't achieve anything. We did. We survived. I mean, we survived. If you'd said to me, uh, beginning of a season, which was, what, September because everything was up in the air anyway. You know, right, 
this season we're going to finish seventh. And knowing what we knew at the beginning of September, with the owners we had and the team we had, I'd have snapped your arm off and said, I'll take that, I will take that every day of the week. We've not had to look over our shoulders. Um, we've played some good games. I mean, we've, we've won a lot of games this season. I mean, 74 points is nothing to be sniffed at. Um, yes, we haven't ended up in the, in the top six, but you know, it could have gone... I think when we were all refreshing our feeds because of the court case going on. And all that, and that could have, you know, possibly, you know, everything was tied up legally, but that could have gone the other way. And then where would we have been? So, no, I think you've got to look back and say, this is a successful season when you take into account everything that we've gone through. When you look back, Tom, at the stages of this season, um, you know, and we've already touched upon that the court cases, the uncertainty, everything that was going on at the start of the campaign. Obviously, we, we came out the other side of that. Thomas came in and and uh, we, we threw together a, a squad. You know, it wasn't necessarily the way you'd want to put a squad together. You, ideally, you'd be doing that a lot earlier in, in, in pre-season. But we threw together a squad. Thomas, you know, gave us the ability to release ourselves from that transfer embargo, bring some players in. We went on that six-game winning streak where we didn't concede a goal for seven games. Uh, you know, including the goal that destroyed Sunderland beforehand. Um, all of a sudden, at that point, I remember saying, you know, if we if we can keep this up, we, we should be contenders. The fact that we were able to put a run like that together, does that suggest to you that we could have done better this season? Yeah, and that's what I meant by my earlier answer. I think I totally agree with Mark. This season is an achievement. And just like he said, there were times over the last year and a half where I wondered whether we'd even have a club to support anymore. So... I'm not going to take where we are for granted. I accept we're in League One for another year and, and we'll fight it out next season. But having said all that, as you say, we've proven, and these last two games, we've proven that we can go toe-to-toe with the the best, in inverted commas, in this division and we can beat them. And I'm not saying we should have got promoted out of that division because we saw what happened and where we ended up. But I just think there were enough signs this season that we could be a good enough side to get out of this league and unfortunately we we just didn't show it enough times um and obviously the mitigating circumstances the ownership you know Innes's injury was huge um you know Chuck's not being able to complete 90 minutes there are there are lots of different reasons as to why it hasn't happened but like Mark I think ultimately whilst I do have regret because I think we we could have done it I'm not going to complain I, you know I'm happy we've got a club I'm looking forward to next season and I, again I think I put in my thing after the game that if there was a season where we weren't able to be in the stadium for me it probably was this one and maybe that's harsh because those players never had an opportunity or obviously one or two opportunities in the season to really get to know us I haven't felt like I've connected with the squad particularly you said they've been thrown together and I think there has been a little feel of that certainly from being distant you you might have a different view from being at the games but I haven't really seen that unity. I've spoken a lot in the shows about identity. I haven't really seen an identity to this side yet. And for me, Nigel needs a summer now to work out what his side is going to look like, who's going to be in it and how they're going to play. And if we can get that done earlier in the preseason, as you spoke about, we had to throw them together last minute, then we've got a much, much better chance next year. Um, so yes, we could have done better. You're right. And, and that run proved that. But I think ultimately the... The inconsistencies and the issues surrounding the club just 
put paid to that, unfortunately, and and that's why we didn't make it. Mm. I mean, we, we are now in the in the section marked regrets. Then, Mark. So, I mean, if you were to look back at some of the moments this season where perhaps there there was there was turning points. I mean, you know, we, we we've come off the back of that of that six game. Uh, winning streak, you know, then got a point at Gillingham in, in you know, a fairly average performance, then went to Burton, um, you know, we, we, we really started to see some of those defensive howlers that blighted, I'd say, probably two-thirds of this campaign in particular. Uh, we even reacted to that with a win at Ipswich, but that, that felt like it was the start of a, of a slight turn where we, we all of a sudden showed this soft underbelly that, that we had and, and it started to rear its head quite, quite often in that sort of middle third of the season. Yeah, well, really, up until the last 10 games of a season, the defence has been what's done us. I mean, we've got the amount of goals we've conceded, amount of silly mistakes. I don't think there wasn't anyone in the back four who didn't do something which led to a goal. I mean, even you can say some of the midfield play we had as well. Um, I think, obviously, having to play Prattley and Deji as a centre-back pairing you know, really didn't do for us. But, you know, it all goes back to the beginning with not having a strong enough squad. You know, OK, you've lost Innes and Fane and Pierce wasn't fit. So you, you're struggling all around. I mean, we, I think we had to start with Charlie Barker, you know, a 17-year-old. who didn't disgrace himself. But, you know, defensively, we just didn't look right. And, you know, you can bemoan the sort of like the weldies we let in. And we let in about, I think it's about five or six, where like someone smacked it in from like 30 yards or 25 yards. We did a mazy run. But, you know, when you look at, you know, it's for defence, which has cost us. And I think shown keeping almost like the same back four, back five, over the last 10 games has, has benefited us. And I mean, that, it just comes down to that over the season. I mean, we were still scoring. I mean, we you know we scored quite a few goals, but defensively, you're right. There was just just always looked like there was a mistake in us, and we did look soft. And I think teams knew, you know, if they hit us in the first ten minutes, that we weren't going to recover. And we didn't have that steel there. So, you know, hopefully something it's something they can change in the summer, and they've spotted, and they can say, right, this is not going to happen next year. Mm, yeah, because inability to win games at home has been a massive downfall for us as well this season, Tom. When we got to half time today our 23rd and final home league game of the season. It was goalless. We didn't hold the lead, which meant that overall this season, we've held a half-time lead at home twice out of 23 games, which is incredible, really. It shows that, you know, part of our problem this season has been an inability to dominate teams at home. We've won eight games at home this season, which is the same amount that we won in our relegation season from the championship last season. Yeah, and... It kind of links to the point Mark made about starting quickly uh, and if we concede first. And I think when you play at home, that's where you need to start fast and you need to take a game to an opposition and you need to bully them. And season before last when we got promoted, I, I used the term arrogance a lot. We need to go into these games with an arrogance and thinking we're better than other teams. And we haven't really been able to do that this year for, for one reason or another. And just like Mark said, teams have been able to start quickly against us and particularly at home. And, and that has cost us. Uh and when you go away, you can maybe get away with soaking up pressure for a little bit, particularly in the early stages, and then look to hit teams. And, and we've been very good at that with with the likes of Connor and and even Miller and Jayasimi in the back half of the season, really, you know, trying to, to counter oppositions. But at home, you need to take the game to opposition. You need to be on the front foot. And as you say, the stats speak for themselves. We haven't done that anywhere near enough. And whether that's the fans not being there, whether that is, you know, throwing together a set of new players who perhaps don't know the the pitch and the ground and all of that, whether it's other teams stepping their game up, coming there, whatever the reason is, 
our home form hasn't been good enough and yeah ultimately as i say there's a number of different reasons that we haven't that we haven't gone up this season but home form over the season has has just been poor and and again that's why i go back to the point that if you're going to if you're going to have a season where you have to watch from the sofa then it's not a bad one and when we get back next year i'm sure everybody will want to be the the 12th man that makes a difference because if we can put a home record together like we did in the league 1 season prior to to our season in the championship then by all means we're going to do a lot better next year than we than we have this year so yeah it's it's not the only reason that we're that we're doing another season in league 1 but it's certainly a massive part of it mm, yeah i mean one of the things i've seen uh, mooted by some people Mark is, uh, you know, you look at Nigel Atkins' record since she's come in, played 10, uh, won five, drawn four, lost one. Um, some suggestion that if he'd come in a little bit earlier, if Lee Bayer had made his decision to walk, or perhaps if he had been fired, maybe after that Blackpool game or a different game. I mean, do you think that could have made much of a difference? And we've seen spells like that under Bow this season where we had good runs as well. Well, if my aunt had a winkle, she'd be my uncle. Um, it's, it doesn't, you can't look at it like that. Um, I mean, look. If you look at the stats, and so they say statistics don't lie. Hull, who have gone up as champions, lost eleven games this season. Yeah, we've lost twelve. Um, that's it. We've lost one more from the champions. I mean, above us, Oxford lost sixteen. Lincoln lost thirteen. You know, Peterborough only lost eleven as well. It's for draws which have really done us. Um, and if he'd come in earlier, it's hard to tell because it's the same kind of... If he'd been in before the transfer window, you know, we might he might not have fancied picking up Stockley. We don't know. So you can only take him from what he's done so far. And it's a great record, you know, to only lose one in ten. But you can't say, oh, if, 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 because it doesn't work like that. Because if he'd come in, say, December, say Bose had walked out or whatever... And when he had a transfer window, you know he might not have picked. He might not have wanted um, DJ from Swindon. You know he might not have wanted Stockley. And they've they've both scored goals. And you know he could have brought someone else in. He could have done right. We have the team we've got. So you've only got to look at what he's done so far with since he's been here. You can't go back and say what if because it, it, football just won't work like that. Mm. I mean, looking back over the over the entirety of the season and, and you know trying to find these little turning points. Obviously, I've mentioned already. Uh, the, the defeat against Burton, which we sort of did bounce back from, because we then went on to uh, to, to go to an Ipswich side, and uh, he, you know, who finished in, in in the top half, and and at one point we're looking like probable challengers, uh, only finished five points be, behind us in the end, and beat them. But then after that was that home game against Milton Keynes, and this is where I felt the season really started to unravel. You know, we, we were outplayed. Scott Fraser ran the show for for the visitors. Uh, but it was those comments from, from Lee Bowyer, wasn't it, after the game. The fans had come back. It was only the second uh, time we'd had fans in all season. They, they were there for the first home game of the campaign uh, against Doncaster where we'd lost. And then and then they came in for the MK Dons ones. Uh, we got beat. We got outplayed. And then Bow came out and did, did have a little pop. And that's when I just felt things started to sour, Tom. And I don't know if you felt that that could have been a turning point. Certainly between the fans and Bow and a lot of people will find their their uh, relationship with Bo didn't really recover from that. But I, I don't know if that just felt like it started to trickle into the squad because after that game, obviously, we had that really disappointing one at Shrewsbury the next week uh, where Johnny Williams was, was subbed off and those comments from, from Bo and then a couple of poor home games and we went to Hull after Christmas. I mean, there was the Wimbledon win in this little run as well, the 5-2. But it, it, for me, that felt like a real turning point this season. 
I think that whole period, as you say, I mean, that that Wimbledon game kind of stands out for a number of reasons. Fans back, obviously, is a, a certain reason that I enjoyed the game as well. And, and obviously, we score five goals. Um, but if you look at it in the context of all those games around it, I don't think we then won again till till Bristol Rovers away, did we? That 1-0. Um, so, yeah, that, that whole period, things just as you say, felt like they were starting to fracture. I, I was at the MK Dons game. I didn't like Boya's comments, but it didn't turn me against him. But I know a lot of fans were, were very upset about it and I completely understand that. Uh, I think maybe he felt under renewed pressure this season because finally he had an owner that was backing him. Um, and, you know, we've seen with his move to Birmingham that he's gone somewhere again where the relationship between the board and the, the rest of the club is is a little bit fractured. Maybe that's an environment he thrives in, you know, with his back against the wall. Um, so, yeah, it's difficult. There are so many places where we could pick it apart because the season has been so up and down. But certainly that whole period, as you say, we'd had those six wins and then going into the, the winter, that's when the games, even this season, where I know games have been pretty relentless all the time, over Christmas, you just feel like you're playing every couple of days. And it really makes or breaks teams. You see, like even Portsmouth, I think they were top around Christmas, weren't they? And you look at where they finished. So and we we didn't really do enough there. As I say, we got we got the win against Wimbledon. Uh, and then as I'm pretty sure we didn't win till mid-January. Um, so, yeah, it, it again speaks for itself. If you don't win enough games, then, then you're not going to go up. And as you say, the Boya thing started to kick in. We didn't really, to my mind, make enough good signings in January as well. And uh, I have to say, when the when the window closed in January, I just didn't I didn't feel like we had a squad that was there to kick on uh, and push on for the back half of the season. And although results have picked up the last ten or twelve games, ultimately that's what it proved. Mm. Now you know when, when we finish so close to the playoffs as we have done, obviously missing out only on goal difference. Obviously, the temptation is to try and pick a specific moment if this had gone differently, if that had gone differently. Um, I, I feel like we're going through the season here to show where there were so many different moments. I mean, I, I was saying to a couple of people at the ground today, you know, uh, people will talk about Ronnie Schwartz's penalty miss and, and a one-off mistake like that or, you know, the, the, the late goal against Crewe. But the one that, that really stands out for me is the fact that we conceded four goals in one half at home to Rochdale. I mean, come on, Mark. You, anyone who does that, I mean, that, that's got to be worse than missing one penalty. It's, I mean, it just shows how over and over this season we we managed to find a way to kick ourselves when we were down and play incredibly poorly more often than not at the valley as well yeah this is going to sound funny Rochdale was one of my favorite games I think because it showed what we did have about us and what we could do you know give teams a four goal start and then start playing um yeah you'll always look back to you know things we could have done better I mean Chuck's getting sent off against Gillingham at 2-2 and them getting a, a winner then. Uh, you know, the late ones was the mistake Famro made against Wimbledon, which led to a 2-2. I mean, you've got to think, we hit the post, I think, at the last count, because we hit it again to all the bar today. I think it was over 20 times this season. And you've got to think to yourself, there's some kind of curse on the woodwork. <laughs> um, it's, it's easy to say, oh, if only, if only. Again, though, it's... We are where we are. It is what it is. You know, recriminations, you know, with Ronnie, you know, you can say the keeper made a good save. I mean, uh, Connor missed a penalty against Peterborough. Again, you know, but people tend to mention Ronnie's a bit more. Uh, again, the, the late one against Crewe the other night um, was not Crewe. Um, 
Well, we missed a penalty against Peterborough, didn't we? But yeah, we um, we did yeah. have the late equaliser against Crow. I mean, that, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. All these moments. This was something actually on on the Radio London commentary we we did today, and and Paul Mortimer was was alongside us, obviously a former former Charlton legend, and uh, we were sort of. You know, I was I was pushing the point that Charlton, if you know, unfortunately had these runs this season. That's why they're not getting promoted. But Mortz was, you know, and he, and he did want to point out. But also, you get to the 96th minute against Crew a few weeks ago, you keep that one out, you know, or you go and win your game at Accrington and win all three. Then, you know, they're, they're, they're two games where you sort of last chance saloon and, and we've balls it up both times, especially that Crew one. And I felt, you know, I said it at the time, felt so, so bad for for Ryan Innes and like I say you just look at these little moments because we had this this time in the running didn't we uh, Tom where you know we beat Donny away went up to Sunderland which I, I have to say was got to be my favourite game of the season going all the way up there and you know beating a Sunderland team that had gone so long without losing um, and uh, you know all of a sudden we've given ourselves a chance and obviously we had to 6-0 at Plymouth and you're thinking right we've built a bit of momentum we're scoring goals we're not conceding many uh, you know got got beaten by Peterborough despite playing quite well and then it was it just shows again how tight it's been that there has it, it probably does come down to those those two games Crew and Accrington if you're looking at just in the running where if those results went slightly differently, then we'd be comfortably in the playoffs. And and, and th- those are the frustrations you get at, f- at full time. And obviously, you know, we, we have to mention Ronnie's penalty. We've sort of half mentioned it, but that is another one as well because it's against the side that have finished in the top six. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure after the loss to Blackpool, is the only defeat is the Peterborough one. And I think apart from that, I, I don't think we've lost a game. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, so... It is those draws in the running that have cost us. Because uh, as you say, we've, for the past, what, eight or nine weeks, maybe, it's been in our hands. Yeah, one defeat and, in 15. And obviously, yeah, and you have to, if it's in your hands, obviously, it's, you've still got to go and win every game and winning every game is tough. But we've put a great run in towards the end of the season, to be fair, to push ourselves up there. Because it was probably around that Blackpool game, maybe a bit earlier, where I called it for the first time and said, look, I don't think we're going to make it. And, and the boys did their best to to make me look a bit of an idiot, and and we almost got there. But as I say, that's why there is just there is just that regret there because we should we should have done the the league isn't very good. I've said that a lot, and whoever's playing chant live bingo can tick it off again. But you know those sloppy mistakes. There has just been so many of them this season, and I know, like Mark said, if your aunt had a winkle, then uh, she'd be your uncle. But the point is that even without just one of those mistakes, we'd be in the playoffs. It's as simple as that. And we've not played very well this season as a whole. So it is just so disappointing because we did put a good run in at the end. And ultimately, it is draws. Like the draw against Ipswich was just a terrible game. The conceding the late goal against Crew was, you know, just so close to the end of the game. But you you don't want to pick up on one mistake. I think it's a culmination of all of them. Because as I say, if... If we'd have just sorted ourselves out a little bit, we'd probably have been lifting the title today. Like it, it was that much of a difference for us because the league was was the standard it was. But ultimately, we did make all those mistakes, and we we haven't made the playoffs. Mm. Very winkle heavy show this week. Not what I was expecting for the, the season uh, finale. I mean, yeah, we, we've spoken about the games. Obviously, we'll come on to today's whole game in a while. I mean, one of the things I found interesting when I was going back and making the montage is hearing some of the names. Uh, and I think one player that we've uh, I've particularly forgotten, Omar Bogle. You know, I mean, that, that sort of shows that the 
the market in which we were shopping in in the summer and when and when you think about the the, the bigger picture it's probably no surprise that we have fallen short because there has been this sort of squad that's come in and gone out where there have been players that were mix and match and obviously you know like some Marcus Madison another one people who've come in and not really hit the ground running when we were shopping at the bargain basement and and that now we'll go into what comes next uh, mark which is obviously the rebuild you know that that's really what everyone cares about now as soon as soon as oxford went 2 3 nil up today everyone's already thinking about the summer what's going to come next yeah and i mean it'll be interesting this week to see the list of released players um obviously the loan players will go back um i know you'll put your points talk about stockley later on and what nigel said there um so once we've seen the released players and we'll have a better idea of, of what we've got um it's difficult because you know all the clubs now are going to be you're going to see so many good players being released and we're going to be for the next like um month or so it's, do, it's doing that imaginary shopping in your head like you win the lottery and you go oh i'd like him i'd like him always oh, been released if we could pick him up i said this i tend to repeat this a lot I said, but there's always players you can pick up you know we're going to lose some players who we would like to keep. I mean, like I say, we're not going to agree on who we'd like to keep, but we're going to lose some of them. And, um, you know, we'll so keep some where you're thinking, oh, I really wouldn't have kept him. I'm not sure how many have sort of like triggered clauses to get an extra year. Um, so, and it also comes down to sort of like what Nigel plans with um, Steve Gallen and Jeddy and what they think, you know, we need to get out of it. Looking at who's come down from the championship looking at who's coming up from League Two to say, right, you know, what our competition, which three of the four in the playoffs are going to be there next season? Because sometimes if you get the playoffs and you don't go up, the following season, you know, someone's picked off your better players from those teams. And, uh, you know, they, they tend to struggle again. So it's why I think it makes it a fairly interesting division if you're not if you don't have sort of like a team here it's almost like a very interesting division to watch because you can never really tell i mean did you know Hull went up with a lot of points did they impress me today no they didn't you know but they've they've done the dirty stuff they've got the wins it's not been pretty you know and and there'll be a mid-table championship side so you know, I think it does come down to the end of a week and then we can look and say, right, who's here, who's still here? And then you can make some decision. And of course, you know, being in League One, we won't get the first pick of loan players next season. Um, I don't know, you know, if we'll still have the same, you know, uh, interests with the Arsenal youngsters and Chelsea youngsters as we had. Because, you know, we had Smith on loan and I don't think he played more than sort of like half a game for us. You know, Martson go will go back to Chelsea, Miller go back to Liverpool. You know, they might look, they'll probably look to loan them out to a championship club next year, if we're honest, so we won't see them. And, you know, we'll pick up some other youngsters, but we'll be sort of like a third or fourth choice for a lot of clubs now because of a league we're in. So, you know, everything depends on... Who, who gets released by the end of the week. Mm, excellent stuff. Well, uh, today's season, uh, or this uh, season, has come to a close because of the results elsewhere today. Uh, we did our part against Hull. Let's have a quick listen back uh, to the highlights from the Hull game. Yeah, combine on that left. Now the ball's into the box, and it's a tricky one, and it's an own goal. Into his own net by White. The ball into the box was a tricky one to defend. Stockley and Anike were both there, but it ended up with, I think it's, I'm pretty sure, is that why? I'm trying to now read who that is on the, the back shirt of mine. I mean, Greaves, actually. Yep. Greaves, 
ended up bundling the ball into the net. He couldn't deal with it. It was almost too close to him to try and hook it away, and he's ended up putting in the back of his own net. Yeah, I mean, it's an unbelievable delivery from Reda. We were just talking about giving him something to feed off, and he does this well. He drives on the outside, and he's got this great ability, Miller, to, to, to cut back onto that right foot in almost just half a yard, and it opens up enough of a gap for him to get the cross in. The cross is delightful. He bounced it in an area where a centre-half you know, doesn't like dealing with it. He's facing his own goal. The keeper's come out to try and deal with it, and I can only palm it, and has palmed it straight into a recovering centre-half. And it was Greaves who's popped it into his own net, and we lead. So Charlton do take the lead. We're now all Burton fans asking them to claw back a three-goal deficit. Jump and, uh, gets there, but that's the full-time whistle here at the Valley. It's a victory for the Addicts. But sadly, with results elsewhere, it means the end of the season as well. It's... Uh, just not quite gone our way at certain times this season. And the Greaves' own goal on 74 minutes wins us the game against the champions of League One this season. And sadly, doesn't get us into that top six. Portsmouth, we believe, have lost, but uh, Oxford, last time we heard, were winning 4-0. And so uh, that is the end of the season for us. There we go, 1-0 win over Hull. Um, yeah, you know, we, we heard Oxford had gone into the lead quite early on in, in their game against uh, uh, against Burton and then obviously ran out 4-0 winners in the end. So really there wasn't that uh, that much excitement around it, unfortunately. I think Portsmouth, when Portsmouth went 1-0 down, it was still only 1-0, I think, to Oxford. So that, made, that gave us a little inkling. And maybe it was 2-0 and you're thinking, oh, maybe they can get back into it. But yeah, nothing really ever materialised. My prediction that at one point, at least we'd be in the top six uh, was wrong as well. So it wasn't the most exciting thing. Um, I mean, it's a nice way to round off the season, I guess, Tom. And obviously great to see Liam Miller... Uh, you know, create create the goal. We had an, an, enough chances with the ball at his feet to try and do something and uh, putting across that that caused a little bit of chaos in the end. Yeah, it was that second half again was one of our better performances. Same as as Lincoln on Tuesday night. I think there were a lot of comparisons between the two games, and and that's what I mean. If you focus on on next season, I think there are a lot of positives to draw from these last few games. Uh, obviously, it's disappointing that some of the the impressive performances are from players that are probably not going to be here next year. But, you know, it, it builds, starts to build momentum. Adkins has had a good look at his players now, knows what we're capable of. And yeah, if we if we look at today's game in isolation, we've gone up against the champions and we've we've beaten them. And there was that McGuinness chance early on where Amos brought out a good save. But apart from that, I, I was never really worried by them. And I appreciate they didn't have a huge amount to play for other than I think they could have got their club record points. So... Perhaps they weren't at their at their very best, but you know they were still there, and we still had to beat them. And I thought that second half we played okay. It's certainly one of the the more entertaining games I've seen us play this season. And uh, yeah, there were elements that were good. Um, but as I say, there's, there's only so much you can read into it because of the overhaul that's needed in the summer. Um, but I think just slightly to to kind of lead on from what Mark was saying about the the transfer window, I think. We're a big team in this league, and I know the likes of Sheffield Wednesday are coming down, but and they're massive. But you know, we are we are a big club in this league, and I think if you're a player and you're looking at the the backing that we've got and the way this club is now looking, I think we're very much looking up. Whereas last season we probably weren't, and so I think that does change. You know, in a player's mind, you look at DJ coming in. I think he got a three-year deal, didn't he? And if if we're offering people fairly long-term contracts and you know we're an upwardly mobile club then I think that's going to be a good prospect for people so I agree we we have to shop to a level but I don't think it's going to be the same 
plug-in bucket that one of you mentioned earlier that, that it was last year and so that's why I've got a lot of positives going into next year and I, I think today's performance it, it does count for something if nothing else just to give fans that that positive end going into the summer Excellent stuff. Right, we did speak to the Addicts boss, Nigel Adkins, after today's uh, final game of the season. Lots of stuff about the future in here. I did ask him, though, first of all, uh, what he made of today's game as well. Well, the big thing is, you just said we won the game, which is the important thing to start off with. We played the champions. Great credit to Grant McCann, Hull City and everybody, because after relegation, it's always difficult to bounce back. And they were champions, and they put the full hit out today. They wanted to break their club record. And it was a real competitive game. And the first 20 minutes, you could see how good they are. You know, we played a 1-4-4-2 looking to stop them because they play out from the back. We tried to stop that. The diagonal balls were giving us all sorts of problems. But I must say, when I changed the formation then, we were far better. We were able to get a grip of the ball and play. And we won the game 1-0. Could have scored a couple more. And then who knows where that could have took us. But ultimately, it was out of our hands. You know, Portsmouth lost. Um, but Oxford has scored enough goals. It was always going to be difficult to score, you know, five, six, seven goals against the champions. You know, but uh, I was pleased the way we played in the second half. I was pleased the way we responded to how the first 20 minutes, how, how Hull were playing, and we adapted. And, um, you know, we created some more chances in a controlled way. It wasn't just a kicking hoof and hope for the best. It was a controlled way. Thought Miller and uh, Mateson down that left-hand side in the second half, they looked exceptional. You know, both, both players on loan from, excuse me, both players on loan from Premier League clubs. And you can see that bit of class that they got, they linked up really well. So when you came in a couple of months ago, the playoffs were still quite a long shot at that time. Um, I mean, are you, have you at least used this time now to assess what you think you need to change going forward for next season? Yeah, well, listen, we've had 10 games since I've joined. Great, you know, thanks to all of the staff and the players and everybody and the supporters have been great. We've had 10 games. I've lost, well, we've lost one since I've been in charge and that was our best performance against another team that got promoted in Peterborough. We just didn't put the ball in the back of the net. You know, we look at the, the possession stats and how we built the play. It was really, really good. Um, but unfortunately, we've not gone and got got enough goals or points to be in the playoff position. What we have to do now, now we know what division we're in, we can obviously reflect, debrief, but obviously look to go and build now and build on the, the 10 games in the short space of time I've been here and, and build with the owner on how we can keep moving forward. When did you have the conversations with the players about their future, Nigel? Will that start from this coming week? The players Tuesday, all the players are back in on Tuesday. They'll have tomorrow off now, and I've said that. So we'll have all the players be back in on Tuesday and then through the course of the week there'll be conversations. They know that, uh, that where we go. Because obviously people need to know where they stand and where or what's happening. Um, and that's what we'll address through the course of the week. And that'll all be done. So the, the players will hear, we'll, I'll have players, conversations with the players before anybody else knows what, what's going on. And maybe come the end of the week you've got more of an idea because I know you'll all be thinking, who's on the retain list, who's not on the retain list? Now's not the day for that conversation. Um, the lads have, have give everything and you can see that and what we've got to do now now we've, we know what division we're in now we've got to work as a football club the owners the recruiting side of it putting the team together to start pre-season and see if we can work through that and then you know challenge through the, the stakes and ladders of, it, of the football league the emotions of the ups and downs and see if we can put ourselves in a position to be where Hull City is standing now with the, with the championship trophy Jay, during the 10 games you've played some of the bigger teams as you just said and done very well against them that must give you hope that you with you know all the games that you can do do one better next season yeah I'd like to think we've done well well we've we've, we've implemented things and principles since we've joined I like to think the players have got a smile on the face they work very very hard uh, and we're trying to evolve and, and improve all the time so um, as I said what we'll do now is we'll We've had 10 games, we've lost one against Peterborough, who got promoted. And I say that 
I thought we were very good in that game. Um, but what we could do is reflect on things we've been building on and now look to put a team together to keep building forward to the future. There's always going to be a pathway for the youth team, I've said that, so I'm mindful of making sure we got that right. The recruitment department now play a big active role in what we're doing, along with the owner. In terms of Jaden Stockley, he's actually come out publicly in the press, I think, the last day or so, saying he'd love to stay. What, what are your thoughts on, on particularly him, maybe? Because he's kind of come out and said how he feels, Nigel, but he's under contract, isn't yeah, he? you just said it. He's a, he's a, he's a Preston North End player. He's got another year on his contract there. So we've got players who are on loan. And I thank all of them for that. They've been great. We've got players who are coming out of contract, players who are in contract. What we have to do now is utilise this time to... Um, you know, think carefully on how we're looking to put a team together for next season uh, so that we can be challenged in the top end because again we want to get ourselves promoted so that's the objective for next year so we know that now we've got a period of time where we've got to try and build to put ourselves in a position to start the season and then navigate our way through as I said the snakes and ladders of the, of the season Would you like as many loan players next season? Obviously you can get players as you say that have got that Premier League they're at Premier League clubs what, what I would say is loan players can be very good from a budgetary point of view um, and we talk about the quality and again I'm delighted with the loan players we've had and thank them very much because sometimes loan players can come and have poor attitudes the five guys that we've had have been exceptionally brilliant attitudes and I wish them all well with their careers moving forward and it's been a pleasure to, to have them with us and hopefully the experiences what they've had help, hopefully that helps them on their journey to becoming top class players yeah, Nigel, you obviously have watched Hull lift the trophy today, which, I mean, it was never going to be Charlton today. But does that give extra motivation for next season? You know, seeing this right in front of your face, does that feel like to get there next season? Well, I've, I've been fortunate to have won this league once mm. before, so I know what it's like to win it. I know what it's like to get promoted being second. I know what it's like to get promoted by the playoffs. So we've got experience of it. What I can say is, you know, for the last 10 games that I've had, you know, it's a privilege, it's an honour to be the manager of Charlton Athletic and we've got to make sure we do everything that we've, as a football club, with the supporters, with the community, we put ourselves in a position next year to make sure that we're doing that. And if it's not that, then we're building stronger and stronger um, building blocks so for the future we are going to be in a position to keep moving forward in the right manner. I guess today, you know, we saw the harshness of this division, how tight it is, Charlton, not making it just on uh, on goal difference, obviously. It's not necessarily going to be an easier division next in. You'll have clubs like Sheffield Wednesday coming down. Just just how difficult is it to get out of this division? Obviously, you've gotten out a couple of times. It's very difficult to uh, to get promoted from any division, especially mm. like this one. You know, it's uh, teams having come down. Uh, it's a big thing. The expectation when, t- when clubs have been in the Premier League as well, it's, oh, we shouldn't be in this division. Well, sorry, the reality is you are. And sometimes you've just got to understand that now how you put it all together to get ourselves forward. There's a great vision set by Thomas here at the football club. You know, we want to back to Alan Kerbish over there. You know, we want to get back to the dizzy heights of what Alan was doing, um, which was fantastic for this football club. But we're on the we're on the road for that now. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think the 10 games we've been in, we're building a great relationship with the supporters already. You know, they've been magnificent. Hopefully we can get them in the stadium and uh, enjoy getting behind the team. As I said, for the stakes and ladders is what the season will be. You must be delighted with the record, as you say, under you. But I think it's played played for well, one five, drawn four, lost one. I mean, that's a that's that's a really good return, isn't it? Well, for me, the best performance was the one we lost. Yeah. Against Peterborough, who have got got themselves promoted, because again, I'm trying to want the principle of play. And you know, we we dominated possession, got the ball in the attacking third, got the ball in the penalty area, but we didn't 
capitalise on the chances, you know, to win the game. So there's lots of things to, to take. Always learning. You know, I said that we'll, we'll learn all the time to try and keep improving. And that's what we're going to do. So there's real good stuff today and we've got to keep building on that. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's good work from Nico to win it back for Charlton. Ball across into Shinny's pass. Shinny into the penalty area, trying to get it across. He does to Morgan, yes! who scores and finishes for Charlton and puts them in the lead here at Portman Road. Lovely work by Williams on the far side and Matthews and equally chucks a Nico to keep it alive for Charlton. Eventually, Shinny managed to get into the penalty area, ball back across, looked like it might have taken a deflection into the path of Albie Morgan, who buries it for the Addicts. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live, the final Charlton Live uh, of the campaign. We just heard there from Nigel Atkins before the break. The Addicts boss, you know, time to start looking ahead. He'll um, it will have some decisions to make. Said he's going to get the players in on Tuesday. Obviously, at some point soon after, you'd expect to start hearing about the retained list and, and which players we've uh, we've let go. And uh, I mean, that's the, that's the uh, the question poised for us by Scott, the first uh, Twitter email that we've got coming in. Actually, he wants to know. Um, you know who who we'd like to see stay and who we'd like to go. I and mean, he's he's he sent us a, a list of of players that, that are coming to the end of their time at the Valley, whether that be a loan ending or a contract ending. So Ian Martin, uh, Fainwo, Smith, Stockley, uh, and Miller uh, coming to the end of their loan. Andrew Shinney, uh, Anike, Watson, Prattley, Forster, Kasky, Matthews, Oshilaja, Pearson, Maynard Brewer, and Amos as the players whose contracts are expiring. So I'm, I'm trusting Scott that that's an exhaustive list, but he's put, he's put that all down for us. I mean, if there's anyone else we, we've missed out, let us know. But big decisions to be made there, Mark. Um, there's got to be an element of, you know, if building, rebuilding and from, from a solid base. And sometimes you want to try and keep a spine of a team. But at the same time, you know, this is a team that has failed to achieve promotion and, and has had some pretty poor runs this season. I mean, are, are you one for almost starting again? Keep keep one or two and then and then start afresh with uh, in, in the transfer market and see what's out there? It's difficult. Um, I, I, I probably am because... As I said about a few weeks ago, you know, there's no one in this team who I'd really be um, sort of like disappointed, that disappointed that if we lost them, you know, I'd be miffed slightly, but no one which would actually sort of like tear me apart. Um, 
as good as Chucks is, we know that he's going to be a 45-minute game player um, for whatever reason, you know, his whatever injury he carries, which he can't do that. Um, we've got ageing players there. I think there's still a role for a couple of the um, older older squad tip team. Um, I'd like Shinny to stay. Um, he impressed me. And I think, you know, he, he alongside Gilby... In, in midfield would be decent, you know, with Morgan. Um, obviously, Jake's a different situation because he's out of contract. The club are looking after him. I think everything he was saying on his thing today that, you know, if it comes to it, you know, if he was fit and they offered him a contract, he'd want to come back. But, you know, you don't know then if he's a free agent and someone comes in and he's fit and offers him a lot more money, he would, would go there. Uh, the goalkeepers is a difficult one. Um, with Amos and Maynard Brewer both up, uh, possibly I would I would offer Amos because I think at this level at League One he is he has made the odd ricket, but I'm not worried if he's in goal. Uh, the, I think it's you've got to build from the back. You've got to say right, who are we going to say have alongside Innes, um, and then say and work from there and say what well, we need someone to come in alongside him. Do we get an older head? we get sort of like someone younger um it's hard it's hard it's until we see who nigel wants to keep we we can guess all we like and i don't think it's really going to be much much use because as much as i'd like chucks to stay they might say hold on we need a player who if we need him to start you know can start so i'd, I'd be very surprised if we offered chucks a contract and he took it hmm. that's probably been my one take out of all of that yeah, I mean, um, Stockley is one who said he'd like to stay. He's come out in the press last couple of days. Tom, would you move heaven and earth to keep Jaden Stockley at the Valley? Uh, no, I wouldn't, which might sound weird given the, the run he's had and the goals he scored. And the only reason I say it is because if we're going to offer him one, and I completely appreciate what he's brought to the side, what I want Nigel to ensure he does is make sure we play the right way to him. I, I don't like that the last few games that we have resorted at times to lumping it long uh, because he offers us a lot more than that. And I think if you're going with wingers like we saw in the last few games and you're whipping balls into him from the edge of the box, that is effective. And we've seen that with his headed goals. But And if you are playing up to him, then get players around him. But sometimes play it up to his feet. And uh, Brad mentioned it on commentary today. There were a few times where Amos was lumping it long, but Albie Morgan and uh, Gilby were dropping short to receive the ball. And so it gets up to Stockley and he's got no one around him. And so this goes back to the identity point I've made throughout the season. We need to decide what sort of a team we're going to be. And if we're going to be a lump it long team, then obviously Stockley is perfect and you need to shape a team around that. But if we're going to be a team that plays through the middle, and like Mark, I think if you're keeping Gilby, keeping Shinny, keeping Albie, even keeping Jake potentially for the back end of next season, you've got so much creativity in that midfield that bypassing them to go to, to Stockley is not the answer. So do I want him? I don't think that he suits the type of football that I would like to see Charlton play, and I think we could play. But at the same time, I appreciate how effective he is. Um, so it's all about how we decide to play it up to him. Mm. Uh, you know, I'd love to see us work on someone like a Ronnie Schwartz, a finisher, and try and fix a team around someone like that. But 
But whether we can, I, I just don't know. It, like Mark said, it depends who else we can get in. Someone like a Connor, that sort of striker, I really like us working with something like that. But um, yeah, if he wants to be here, then then obviously that's a compliment to us. And, and he's done very, very well. So I don't mean any criticism of his playing style at all. Mm, yeah, I mean, very interesting what's going to happen with the likes of Chucks and EK and, and Ronnie Schwartz. I mean, you'd have to assume he's not going to be playing much more, Ronnie, if he, you know, he hasn't had a run uh, in the team uh, at this side of uh, of the year. Right, let's have a look at some more messages uh, that have come in as well. Charlton Exile, uh, that w- that it was Gobbo's Oxford really hurts. Yeah, Charlton Exile was nev- never the biggest fan of uh, Carl Robinson uh, when he was at the Valley. Uh, Owen says, Nigel Atkins, Tricky Reds, will we winning the league next season? Reese says, uh, we can look at moments such as Ronnie's penalty miss or Cruz's last gasp winner, but ultimately we fell short because we weren't good enough. However, the run Adkins has put together has been impressive, and I'm excited for a season where we can all be there to enjoy promotion. Jake wants to see Fainwo uh, signed on. Yeah, it could be an option, I guess, with Norwich going up to the Premier League. Terry says uh, a very optimist, optimistic about next season. A new manager, brilliant owner, and hopefully some decent uh, signings uh, to come. Uh, Timsey sent uh, th- his thanks to, to Charlton Live for this season, along with everyone else who, who's covered the club. Thanks, Timsey. Uh, no problem. It's our, our pleasure. Jimmy says, frustrating but entertaining season and definitely optimistic for next year. It's all it's all about the business we do in the summer now. Any chance of a few summer transfer window specials? These pods really brighten up my uh, work day. If we sign Lionel Messi, then maybe I'll think about it, but <laughs> I do enjoy having a little break over the summer. Um, uh, Fredo said, would have been nice to have gone up this year, but in reality, over the course of the season, uh, we don't deserve it. Excited to see what Adkins can do uh, with a full season with his own transfers. Good progress uh, since he's come in and we go again uh, next year. Monty says, in reality, when the season started, I would have been delighted with seventh, but we have to get the recruitment right this summer. I would keep uh, Matthews, Jake Forster, Kasky, Chucks, and then sign Stockley on a permanent and offer Watson whatever he wants to leave. Uh, oh, yeah, obviously, we haven't really mentioned... Uh, Forster Kasky there, Mark. Obviously, such sad news that he's, you know, done his ACL. But he was given the, the Player of the Year trophy at half time today. I think we've we've been saying in the last few weeks we'd expect it to go to him. So congratulations to Jake. Um, difficult one because obviously we don't know the severity of the injury. I mean, we would have loved to have given him a new contract, and I hope we are still in a position to do so. And we hope the injury isn't too bad. But you know, in, injuries do change the way people do things slightly. Unfortunately. Yeah, I'll just nip back to Stockley quick, if I may, um, because the interview which he did with Rich in the South London Press, where he said he'd like, you know, he'd like to stay, like to come. So obviously Preston have obviously told him, you know, you're not in our plans, you're not in our thoughts. So he's put it out there. So, you know, that's that's a good thing, you know, because he's obviously liked it down here. Um, no, Jake's thoroughly deserved. I mean, I voted for him. I mean, I couldn't really see much options otherwise. I mean, Chuck's probably for his goals. Um, yeah, and it's, it's gutting that he's, you know, he reckons possibly could be back by December playing. So that's, what, six, seven, seven months. So to get over, I mean, it's his second one he's had. So... Mm. You know, he knows what to go through. And, you know, being out of contract, obviously, they say the club looks after him, but I think they probably look after him on the physical side, like his treatments and stuff, but it doesn't mean they're going to be paying him. So you'd hope he'd sort of, like, had enough or or possibly insurance, you know, which they have to have, would cover everything for that. Um, You know, he, he made us tick, and I think it was a real blow when he wasn't in the side. Mm. Um, 
and some of the goals he, he scored. So it's it's a sh- it's a shame, and I thought it was a really nice touch for the players today to come out wearing the um, number eight T-shirts with JFC on the front. Mm. Um, so I thought that was a really nice touch. It, you know, it's 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 depending on how it all goes with his rehab. I mean, that's the thing about him. I'd love to see him captain the side. And uh, it's funny because when he walked off on Tuesday night, you didn't think it was that bad. The fact that he sort of like walked off with it. So when we heard it was an ACL, everyone knows knows enough about football now to know that they're not something you can just run off. And uh, it's a shame. It's a shame he couldn't see the season out. So Yeah, it was a surprise to see when it did come out that he'd done his ACL. Right, Southern Comfort says, ultimately not good enough. Crazy that we've only lost one in 15, but still missed out. Says a lot about our form before that. Really looking forward to next season with a proper pre-season and a transfer window. I fancy us to be a force uh, next year. Uh, Mark says, uh, so close yet so far. Uh, John uh, says, uh, would have been good to sneak the playoffs, but considering what was happening at the beginning uh, of the season, we've done not too bad. Let's hope we can go and win it next season. Another Mark says, more optimistic uh, for long-term of the club than I was last summer. I feel that we have the right manager to build a decent squad over the summer. Uh, Craig says, uh, we were in a mess before Thomas Sangard, but by the time the first window shut, we had one of the top three squads in the league with Hull and Sunderland. We have underachieved in a poor league. Anyway, promotion wouldn't have been any fun uh, not being there. And he just clarifies that he means that uh, Lincoln and Portsmouth and Peterborough, they did have good 11s, but our squad had more depth. And then Warren says, a season of ifs, if Thomas Sangard had taken over earlier for the transfers, if Bowyer had left earlier and if Schwartz had scored that penalty. Optimistic for next season. We need more creativity uh, in midfield and a fit, prolific goal scorer. No coincidence that the top four in League One, all had goal scorers who got 19-plus goals, and that's certainly uh, something uh, we lacked. Right, um, hello to Adam Biggs who, uh, from the Upbeats, who uh, hoping to see Charlton back at Wembley next season now, and, and points out that it's his birthday today, so very happy birthday, uh, Adam Biggs. I hope uh, you enjoyed your day. Uh, ben says, I'm glad the season's over. Not really enjoyed much of it, but we need a massive rebuild. Most of the current squad can go. The only ones I'd like to keep would be Anike, Washington, Forster, Kasky, Innes, DJ, Amos and Matthews. The rest aren't good enough. Uh, next season could be tougher. Uh, now, this might be controversial, but Steve Gallen's recruitment for this season has been poor. Granted, not in the easiest of circumstances, in particular at the start, but our squad has been so poor all season. I just hope that Thomas Sangard will put his hands in his pockets in the summer and rebuild. So it's interesting. And, and to be fair, Tom, this sort of, sort of, I think, judge, like, it probably illustrates quite nicely how I felt. Like, Ben saying it's a poor squad. Craig saying we have one of the best squads in the league. I can't really decide where we are, and I'm assuming we're probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, neither can I. I mean, it was, you asked Mark the question about who he'd keep and who he wouldn't, but... If I can have my say on that, there are some games where I think a midfield of Gilby, Shinny, Albie Morgan, JFC is brilliant. Uh, I see dialing JFC me playing well and I think that looks brilliant. And then there are other games where I think our midfield is completely toothless and we need to get rid of all of them. (laughs) So I'm completely the same as you. And I think for me, it's the fact that I haven't had a chance to get to know these players and see them live. And it is different watching it on TV. I feel when you're at the ground, you get more of a sense of what these players are about. But yeah, I, it was the same in my answer about Stockley. You know, he's he's gone and scored what he scored. And at the same time, I'm not sure if I want to keep him. Chucks has scored the most goals in the league for us, I think, or certainly up there, but can't play 90 minutes. You know, Washington came in for a huge amount of criticism at the start of the season. And he'd have been up there as one of my players of the season. 
So I'm exactly the same as everybody else. I can't, I just cannot figure this Charlton team out. I don't know what they're about. I don't know who's good and who isn't. I don't know who's just not fitting in a system. And it's a big job for Nigel, you know, to try and get that together. I, I defend Gann slightly because, as you said, we were shopping from a certain pool of players and we had to do it quite late. Um, and I think he probably got in the best players he could. I just feel that they don't all click together. Uh, and that's the problem. I don't feel that necessarily we've got a, a, a side there that is right. I feel that we've got good individual players. They've got good quality, but I think that's what Nigel needs to work on. It's about what, who, what are we going to play and how are we going to play and which players fit into that. Uh, and that probably means that some of the players we like will go. But if we get some players in that will you know, do a job, you think of the likes of a Danny Hollands a couple of years ago or... I don't know, someone, I know Josh Cullen was exceptional at this level, but somebody there who just sits and, and does that work, then, you know, that, that could be huge for us. Uh, or even like a Josh Parker came in. Did he score? Absolutely not. But Lyle was there to get the goals and he still did a huge amount of work and he fitted into a system that Bowyer had set up. I think we need more players like that and I don't feel we've really got enough of them this year. Mm, yeah, and that's what the rebuild uh, will be all about. Right, Dom says, hi guys, thanks for the great pods you've given us all year. Uh, cheers, Dom. That's absolutely our pleasure. Not sure on your thoughts, but lots of tweets are saying that we need a big overhaul. In all honesty, I'm not sure that's the case. I think next year we'll just need a bit more depth in quality so we aren't completely dependent on certain players performing uh, brilliantly. I'm excited to find out what Gallon has up his sleeves. If you had told me at the beginning of the season uh, with the whole Paul Elliott and crew debacle that we were going to finish the season with a club still in existence that just missed out on the playoffs, I'm sure most of us would have been delighted. And when was the last time we had an owner we could fully get behind in the way we can now not sure about you guys but I'm excited for next season especially when we can go back to the valley and cheer on big Nigel's name going to miss out on the playoffs but there are plenty of Charlton related reasons to live love laugh and be happy that's from Dom yeah totally agree with that um I I, I do still think there will have to be an, a big overhaul Pure, I mean purely because when we read out that list of players who are coming to the end of their contracts a lot of them will be gone anyway so that's the case uh, with that, Ryan McSquared says a bizarre season comes to an end as far as we're concerned, but we've ultimately come up just a bit short. Our wafer-thin playoff squads, uh, playoff hopes even, literally went for a Burton uh, very early on today. All we could do was make sure we finished with a win, which we deservedly did. Hull possibly just edged it in the first half, but after the break, we were definitely the better side. Our Triple M squad of Martin, Miller and Morgan were particularly impressive. Unsurprisingly, we looked much stronger again after Enrique's introduction. Finishing with two home wins on the spin and only one defeat since Nigel Atkins' arrival gives us an excellent springboard to go for automatic promotion next season. Now all that is needed is a much-needed uh, summer rebuild. Let's hope uh, the Valley will be full of fans again next season so our home form will be much improved. It's also great to hear that Liam Miller would be happy to play for us again uh, given the opportunity he's made a big difference. Yeah, that's one of the controversial things that like, people were asking me Pitch side today, like, oh, who who would you keep of the loanies? Someone said that. And I said controversially, obviously, Jaden Stockley, but I, I, I said Miller as well. And I know a lot of people are like, you've got to be mental because of his final ball. But there is something about him that I still think he dragged us off the pitch, even though he was extremely uh, frustrating. Right, and finally, Mike Bramley uh, says, oh, well, it wasn't to be. At least we still have a club to support and an exciting future ahead under a stable owner. That's the bigger picture for me. It would have been pretty naff to have got to the playoffs and not even been able to have gone to the games. When do you think the club will officially announce who will be staying and who will be leaving? Yeah, well, I'm guessing hopefully in the, ne the next week or so, uh, you know, when the uh, 
the the retained list. Obviously, Nigel will be having that conversation with the players next week. So hopefully, not long after that. And then Mike says, "Thank you for all of this season's Charlton Live podcast. Despite a crazy season on and off the pitch, in more than one way, it's been great to have a bit of normal back in our lives. Have a great summer. Can't wait to get back to the games. Uh, do you think we'll be able to go to the preseason friendlies? I see absolutely re- uh, no reason why you won't be able to go. Uh, and I personally cannot wait for the Welling game when uh, well." the pub after the Welling game, which will be very good to see a lot of familiar faces again. Right, we've come to the end of Charlton Live, not just this episode of Charlton Live, but the season uh, for us as well. The 2021 season hasn't ended the way we wanted. It certainly didn't start the way we wanted it to, but we've come out of it with a club to support, stuff to look forward to. A few thank yous. Uh, I want to say thank you to everyone uh, involved uh, with the show, including obviously Nathan Lewis, uh, Terry and Benji, who haven't been on today. But thank you, Tom and Mark, for joining me this evening. Cheers, mate. Thanks yep, for all your work. You're this welcome, season. Lou. Yeah, thanks for all your hard and, work. Um, Go on, Mark. Because I say good, good, good luck with your um, getting married. Yes, yes. So I've, I've got something to do in the close season. Luckily, <laughs> uh, also want to say thank you to Glove Pup, who, who does all the website and that behind the scenes. Uh, the photographers, Kyle, Paul and Keith, will use all their stuff on our social media, so thanks to them. Uh, thanks to the club media team who uh, assist us a lot in getting interviews, especially with the players and the management of, of the men's team and the women's team, of course. So thanks to those people for coming on the show and speaking to me, uh, especially after a defeat when I'm sure I'm the, I'm the last person they want to speak to. Uh, but most of all, I want to thank the listeners uh, for your tweets and emails and for listening, of course, uh, to the show throughout the season. Obviously, if we if it weren't for you, we'd literally just be talking to ourselves which I do do a lot but sometimes it's nice to have people listen so thank you uh, so much for all, all your uh, getting involved uh, with the show as uh, as we always do at the end of every season uh, it's the end of season montage now we listen back and think of the you know the disappointment today and I was disappointed at full time but like I said when I put this montage together it's actually a reminder of how close to the edge we were last summer how different pre-season will feel this time around this is now uh, a chance to rebuild the club, you know, in a sensible way, in a progressive way, a chance to really take this club forward. I hope we will take it with both hands. I'm Louis Mendez, and until next season, thank you for listening to Charlton Live. A group of Charlton Athletic fans have occupied parts of their stadium in a protest about the future of the club. A number of supporters managed to gain access to the boardroom at the Valley. They're demonstrating against an ongoing battle for ownership of the League One side. Police officers attended, but no arrests were made. One of these ESI guys doesn't come out with any credit whatsoever. They might be friendly on Twitter, they might be nice to you if they WhatsApp you, but they're here for one thing, and it's not for this sort of club. The sooner they're moved on, the better for all of us. Hello and welcome back to Charlton Live. We've had our three-week hiatus and we're back for the big match preview. We're going to talk about the fact that still no one knows really what's going to happen in the future, but it does seem there's a potential bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Thomas Sangard, a man none of us had ever heard of about three weeks ago, now seems likely to take over the club, I think it's fair to say. A setback on, on Wednesday when uh, another potential buyer was uh, given a, a temporary injunction. Yeah, it's more like... a. a... A minor nuisance. The space on the right-hand side for Alfie Doughty now in the penalty area. This is a huge chance for the Alex and it's Alfie Doughty who puts Charlton into the lead with a calm left-footed finish for its crew, Alexandra Neal. Charlton Athletic one. Unless you've been living underground this weekend, you'll know that Rockstar CEO Thomas Sangard took control of the club on Friday, ending the rollercoaster ride that has been the ESI ownership. 
The Dane didn't hang around, signing two players in two days after confirmation that our embargo has been lifted. Squirty white stuff. Force Kasky hits it. Oh, it's in! Oh, it's in! Oh, oh, it's Madsen gets it back, swung across, Dart is there, heads it back in guard, and there's a header from an EK! And there's the goal! Chip ball to Pendrick and Madsen gets it, does ball across goal, Williams! Johnny Williams! Johnny Williams scores his first shot on goal! Smith, ball into the box, foot, and EK, and he had five! What a header! Superb goal by Charlton! Win over Fleetwood Town, our sixth in a row. Two goals on US election night. Congratulations! <laughs> it fits quite nicely. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's obviously an interesting one. It's nice to nice to get a couple of goals in there. Obviously, the irony is not lost on me either. And it hits him on the bum. You made a, a change in, in the first half. You took Omar Bogle off and Baltrix and EK on. Um, what, what was your reasoning behind that? There was nothing wrong with Omar apart from he he, he wasn't doing what I expect him to do as a striker. Into Shinny's pass, Shinny into the penalty area, trying to get it across, he does to Morgan, yes! who scores and finishes for Charlton and puts them in the lead here at Portland Road. Nico comes down to Prattley with a shot, comes across, go, Bogle's in, and Bogle scores, <laughs> his first Charlton goal. So we have to mention the, uh, the fans coming back this evening, um, it's just a horrible coincidence that the two they've been able to come to is, is the two home games that Charlton have lost, but you must be pleased to see them back in the stadium. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased to see them back in. Um... I would like to have it to have been a bit more positive from the fans. Um, been away for so long, I would rather them like get behind the team and, and try and get them going. It'll be Norburn with the Shrewsbury penalty in the last seconds of the game. Steps forward and scores. Williams came on and played 20 minutes and then was taken off. What was the reasoning behind that today? Because if you pulled out of a tackle, and they should have scored from it. Like if you're going to pull out of tackles, then that, that's not acceptable. Not playing for me. If you want to pull out of tackles, you ain't never going to play for me. Inside onto his right foot, shooting opportunity. Washington goes for it. Oh, and a goal. Lovely goal for Connor Washington. Now Nikkei in the penalty area. He turns and Nikkei goes to goal. Comes out to Foster Kasky. Yeah. And John have the equaliser. Ball, the Ball comes to Williams. Oh, yeah. Johnny Williams. Chuck Nikkei. Can he get a shot away? He does. Yes. And it's in. Come on. Jackson Eagles, Barry Charles, four. Harrington's there, Williams there. Off oh, the post yes. of Harrington on the finish. Wins the game for John. Uh, a, a much more professional approach to, to the whole thing and no adverts cutting you off in midstream. Did somebody say just me? Me, you delivery like a G. See, hungry dogs got it. Dream and all that sort of stuff, so. And it's a fierce strike. Past Ben Amos and Rochdale have their fall for the game. And EK in the box. Can he touch in the swords? He can! He yes, in. First goal for the Addicts, and it's a stormer! We have been nominated uh, for an award, the Football Supporters Association Club Podcast of the Year. This is the second time in three years uh, we've been nominated. Pierce heads on Oshalaga! Yes. Come on! Makes it two for the Addicts! Well, I mean, I did say earlier on Twitter that if you look up the definition of cool in a dictionary, you will just see his picture. Um, just next to my one, yeah. No, that's under another C. A disastrous day at the Valley as Blackpool fire free past Ben Amos and we end with nine men. No discipline, no ideas, no shots on target, no way forward from here. Has there been conversations between you and him about you being given this time to mould a team and to work out what's going to happen? I think results play a big part in, in any manager's job. But all I can go by is previous conversations. When I spoke to, to Thomas, he understood that it was a, a building process.
Schwartz it is. He'll step forward to strike this. Does so. And the keeper saved it. Tips it over the bar. John will have a corner. Yeah. No, no, we won't because the referee now has blown his whistle. Finds Washington in the box. Washington, can he make space for the shot? Trying to get an angle. Does so. And it's in! He manages to squeeze it in between the keeper's outstretched right hand and the post and Charlton back on level terms. Sound the alarms. It's an emergency Charlton Live podcast as manager Lee Bowyer announces his resignation. The now former Addicts boss set to join championship strugglers Birmingham City. The Addicts have announced their brand new manager Nigel Adkins has joined the club. The vision for the football club was really exciting. So and it's happened very, very quickly. Nigel's experience is extremely important. Um, but also Nigel's personality. Good morning, everyone. Trust you've all slept well. We start again Tuesday morning. Taking on O'Neill, cuts back inside on the right, little touch to Jacebi, takes the shot and buries it and Charlton are back in front. Oh, wow. Oh, I can... Fanway's just gifted Wimbledon a goal. It was, it was interesting, wasn't it? Obviously, with, you know, getting to know everybody, it was a, you know, a game where I've had an opportunity to see the players. Charlie Clifford, right-footed, it's in, it's Charlton 3, London Bees nil, and that surely is that for the Addicts. They will be playing championship football once more next season towards the far post in it's with the header it's in it's, it's gone in Ryan Innes has scored Sunderland made a meal trying to clear on the line Gilby gets something on it Gilby again can he finish yes he can Alex Gilby for his first Charlton goal it seemed maybe we were, we were off off the playoff pace but we're in there now yeah. uh, and it's it's exciting Foster can give it a header that's buried it but Stockley's there and there's the goal cuts back in his right takes the shot takes a deflection oh and it's gone in that's heartbreak for Plymouth. It's a lovely ball in the box, and that's a superb finish by Alex Gilby. Stockley lets it run. That's a finish from Miller. And Charlton have five. To the box, looking for an EK. He's found him, and he's tucked it home. Tucks an EK with a superb little finish. Tucked it past Cooper, who advanced on him to put Charlton 6-0 up. It's Fenway with the header. It's a header from Gilby! And I think that's gone through the keeper's legs. And Charlton have the Dropped lead. in the box, so and it's sent into the corner of the net by Dale. Charlton peeling for a, a push in the box, but it's not given. And there's an equaliser for Crew in the dying seconds. Agony for the Addicts. To Anike, gets in! Charlton make it free! Palmer couldn't keep it out. Miller on the counter-attack, lays it up for Chucks Anike. And despite Palmer's best efforts, it's Charlton free. The object tonight was, can we win the game? We know the goal difference is against us, but up and you know, obviously the other teams, if they win their games, we can't. Taking the season now to the last game of the season, and as we all know, anything can happen. Left now, the ball's into the box, and it's a tricky one, and it's an own goal. Into his own net by White. That's the full-time whistle here at the Valley. It's a victory for the Addicts, but sadly, with results elsewhere. It means the end of the season as well. Um, the lads have, have given everything, and you can see that. And what we've got to do now, now we've, we know what division we're in, now we've got to work as a football club, the owners, the recruiting side of it, putting the team together to start pre-season and see if we can work through that. And then, you know, challenge through the, the stakes and ladders of the, of the Football League, the emotions of the ups and downs, and see if we can put ourselves in a position to be where Hull City is standing now. 
with the, with the championship trophy. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.